I think that it's going to breathe new life into the city too, because I think that there was a very stagnant um, feel of the same kind of people mm. for a little while, because mm-hmm. those are the kinds of people that could afford That's to a live good in point. exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and honestly, the thing that I noticed the most that was lacking from the city when I got here was um, there's very few artists, you know, mm. and maybe it's just because I came from Austin where it was just teeming with artists everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Like I, I very I felt like there was very few, um, you know, people who can afford to just be expressive, you know, artists mm. and, and be able to afford 100%. to live in that city. Dama, San Francisco in general. Yeah, in San Francisco gotcha. in general. As a matter of fact, when I first, the, the first day I got to the city, I asked my Uber driver, I was like, so where's the best hip hop in the city? He's like, mm. oh, about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Blitz Seekers podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest. He arrived in San Francisco from Austin, Texas in 2018 after attending that year's Emerald Cup. Once he experienced a bit of what the Bay Area had to offer, he knew this was the place to make his mark. As an entrepreneur, He's changing the way people view cannabis. His motto, Cannabis Avant-Garde, is something that is reflected in his life and passion for business. The core beliefs that drive him are excellence, enlightenment, and efficiency. He believes that Canatheory's success is dependent on the products and services that they produce being easy to use, made with quality, and be able to provide utility that makes customers' lives easier. He cultivates his creative fruit, and his belief in the transformative power of one of the world's most misunderstood plants. Kenneth Theory's mission is to make the most exceptional cannabis, cultivation, and industrial hemp products that simplify personal grows and minimize the impact on our environment. Please welcome to the podcast, Chris Guerra. Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice to have you, man. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So, um... Uh, we like to always start the podcast with kind of getting to know the person, like your background, how you grew up, because I feel like when someone knows where you came from, they can connect with you more. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so you grew up in Texas. Yes, right? I'm Tell from us. San Antonio, Texas originally. Okay. Uh, it's my hometown. Um, I was there till I was about 10, and then I moved to a little further south to the Rio Grande Valley, Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a uh, the very, very tip of Texas. That's right by the border. Right, right? by the border. Yeah, okay. there's, no, there's nothing further or closer <laughs> to the border than that. <laughs> I, I think Corpus Christi is the closest one there. No, actually, that's a f- two hours north of where I was. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so, so there's literally. another yeah, another two hours south. Uh, you're gonna, I was in a town called Harlingen, which is about 15 minutes from the Mexican border. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What was it like growing up 15 minutes from the Mexican border? Mm. Well, uh, it was it wasn't much of a change growing up in San Antonio because San Antonio has such a large Hispanic uh, population and culture uh-huh. that mm-hmm. moving to the valley, it was just like a smaller version of that. Okay. Um, I was already used to the uh, very much the Hispanic, like just being totally like um, dripped in Hispanic culture there, mm-hmm. fiesta, and like it, I don't know if y'all have ever been to the Riverwalk in San Antonio, but mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. It's yeah. you'd love it. I want. I want to go. I want to go too. for sure. Yeah, y'all should definitely check it out sometime. Yeah. You'd like it. You said Riverwalk. The Riverwalk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the Texas accent is coming out. He said, "Y'all." <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's a big Hispanic culture out there. Uh, well, in San Antonio specifically, yeah. yes. The I think it's something like sixty-five or seventy percent of the population is Hispanic. Wow. Which it's one of the larger uh, Hispanic per capita populations in the U.S. Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, but yeah, the everything about San Antonio is is very is is very Mexican culture. Um, there's a lot of uh, of uh, culture Mexican uh, cultural museums. Uh, art, a lot mm-hmm. of art that goes on there. Mm-hmm. We have there's a lot of uh, artists that travel from Mexico mm-hmm. uh, to do stuff in Mexico in uh, in San Antonio. It's just a very uh, Mexican friendly city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up in San Antonio, are you Mexican American yourself? Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. And then, um, so basically you move from like the city to kind of like the Valley of, of Texas, yeah. right? Which that was the biggest shock. Honestly, if anything, it was going from a city like San Antonio <laughs> to a small town like the Valley. That was the biggest mm-hmm. shock. But, um, it was an interest. It was interesting for sure, because I feel like it, it helped it helped me get to know myself a lot more because I wasn't in a lot of the stuff that a lot of people in bigger cities had to deal with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So growing up with a lot more time to think kind of helped me develop who I was a little bit. Okay. So what are, what are the main difference? Like what you well, said culture shock? Well, growing up in the city, it's very hustle and bustle. Okay. Yeah. You, you mean, you've got your friends, you've got your people, you know, and, and honestly, what's funny about it is living in a larger city, your area of travel is a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. So like, being from the valley, um, because it was such a small town, there's maybe forty five thousand people in that mm-hmm. town when I was when I got there. Um, it would take you about ten to twenty minutes to get across town, that kind of thing. In San Antonio, when you're from a neighborhood, you stay in that neighborhood. You mm-hmm. don't need to go anywhere else because right. everything you need is in that one neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So okay. I had friends that would never leave certain parts of town, mm-hmm. had never left certain parts of town until they graduated high school kind mm-hmm. of thing. So. I, I think we were talking about this earlier, but I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. And I know they're big in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I remember um, in 1989, I grew up in the Bay Area, so obviously nothing to do with Texas, except for my mom is from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember in 1989, everybody liked the Bulls or the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be the one who was like the bandwagoner, you know, mm-hmm. just like the, the team that everybody else loved. So David Robinson, uh, that's when he started playing for the Spurs, like 89, 90. And he was a big seven foot lefty. And back in those days, you know, we're kind of the same age. uh, It was all about the big man in Mm -hmm. the NBA. Right. And so I just fell in love with David Robinson and the Spurs. And then luckily we got Duncan a couple years later and like the rest is history. The rest is history, as (laughs) they say. Yeah. It's funny because... um, we actually waited two years after drafting Robinson to get him to play. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because he had to fill out his uh, his obligations his with military. the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we were we were willing to wait. He yeah. was and he was uh, an amazing player. He's one of my favorite players all time, definitely. What year was this? Oh, this was in 89, eighty nine. Eighty. We drafted him eighty seven. Yeah, eighty seven. And then he didn't play until eighty nine because yeah. he had to do his two years. And then we got Duncan uh, in 97. 90, 97. Yeah. And then, cause, and then we went to the championship for the first time in 99. Yeah. Which that's the one with the asterisks, as they say. But I, I don't. I don't so think this is <laughs> before San Antonio versus Lakers then. Oh, yeah. This but is way I, before. Well, this is before. But but I then I lived in Southern California mm-hmm. during when they were they were basically <laughs> trading off championships. Yeah. 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 So like the whole early 2000s mm-hmm. into the mid 2000s, it was like Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, oh, it was Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it was Spurs, then it was Lakers, 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 then Spurs, and then Lakers, Spurs. <laughs> yeah. There was a little bit of split there, but unfortunately, San Antonio has never repeated. Of all the five championships mm. that they had in that concentrated wow. time, there was never a repeat. Yeah, it's pretty tough to repeat. You got to be, I mean, the, the one thing I do appreciate about the Spurs, though, they were the first to go international mm-hmm. when they found Parker mm-hmm. and Ginobili. They kind of started that trend of like, let's let's find players from outside of the United States. Yeah, there there was very there were a few before them, but they were definitely the ones that did it with some success. Right, I feel like yeah. 
I mean, you had Tony Kukoc with the Bulls. You True. had a, you had a couple other guys that were around the same time, but you, you, there was never a team I felt that was uh, that Built utilized, 100% yeah, yeah, utilized that. as much mm-hmm. of the talent that you could find around the world as yeah. the Spurs did. Yeah, because Duncan's from the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Parker was from France. Mm-hmm. Ginobili's from Argentina. Correct. And I, I mean, they just—I I just thought it was smart. They drafted Parker yeah. like in Boris the second Diel round. Boris was in France yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. There, was the, um, there was a bunch of players that just—they were very comfortable, and that was one of the allures for uh, for these international players. They liked playing in San Antonio because it had such a good reputation of being internationally friendly. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but uh, anyways, it's not about Spurs. It's about you, right? <laughs> we can yeah, get guys. Lost yeah, 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 like, this is way before my time. Joe's like, what, what are you guys talking about, right? <laughs> so anyways, so did you have any siblings uh, growing up, a big family? Uh, yeah, actually, I've got two brothers. I've okay. got a younger brother, Brian, and a, a younger brother, Charles. Uh, my brother, Charles, is actually... He's taller than me. He's six oh, wow. foot. Yeah, he's six foot eleven and a half. Uh, he's what? a big kid. Six yeah. foot eleven. He's mm-hmm. a big kid. The Spurs need him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then my other brother Brian. He's the middle child. He's um he's a gunsmith actually in Texas. Oh. Funny enough, mm. that's uh, <laughs> he's probably very busy in Texas. Oh yeah, they love yeah. their guns there. Yeah. Definitely, he's always busy. He it said it slowed down a little bit since uh, the, the election was over, but um. It, it always picks up, he says, when a Democrat's in office. Business does, at least. <laughs> yeah. What like, is we- a gunsmith, by the way? Uh, he, he makes guns from scratch. He actually wow. builds guns. He takes them from um, the initial piece that mm-hmm. gets made at the manufacturer, uh, which is going to be the mechanism, the, the firing mechanism, everything. And he, he, he basically creates everything around that. So he, he'll, he does custom work and stuff like that. Do you and remember I'm- that show, Pimp My Ride? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like pimp my ride for guns. Exactly. What? So you yeah. bring in your gun and he mm-hmm. like pimps it out. Exactly. Yeah, cool. basically. He's got a company. It's uh, it's called Armas de Guerra and it's basically just that they just do custom work like that. But they'll do powder coating, any kind of mm-hmm. like um, so it's a lot of cool stuff. In Texas they're very fancy guns. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with Texas, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> they could shoot you on their property and here if we shoot somebody on our property, like we might go to jail. <laughs> we'll just... Oh, that's not they don't have stand your ground here. No, 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 they don't. It's I just crazy. don't mess with guns at all. So I, don't yeah, know. <laughs> I like swords. Right. Yeah, yeah like the big <laughs> like sword we got right there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you were the oldest. I am the oldest, yes. What's that like being the oldest of three boys? Um that was fun because I got to I got to carry the most furniture most mostly is what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> so they made you carry everything all the time. Oh yeah, my mother is proud to say that she had three boys just to move furniture. Yeah. That was her. That was her whole thing. Yeah, she, she has a sense of humor. Right. She's <laughs> she's old school. That's what they used to have kids for, right? To help out around the house. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so you get three boys in the house. Was there lots of fights? Lots of um... no. We were actually pretty docile. They they guess I guess they just understood that I was in charge. Okay. We <laughs> yeah, there you, uh, go. you were in charge. Okay. Right. Always the no, boss, they, right? They, they never, they never, uh, yeah, there was never any kind of, um, we were actually pretty good kids for the most part. We didn't mm-hmm. fight a lot. We, we got into other kinds of mischief, but nothing, yeah. nothing physical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I asked is cause, um, I mean, I only have a younger sister, but my brother-in-law comes from a family of 10. Oh wow. Where there's, I think, uh, five boys and three girls and then obviously the parents, right? And there was four boys that grew up together, and they just tell me that it was just nonstop fights, like literally like crazy stuff where they almost like literally killed each other, but like on accident, you know what I mean? Like oh they thought it would be funny, and then it's like, oh shoot, I almost killed my brother. That wasn't very funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But I, I guess that, that, that's pretty cool right there. So it sounds really peaceful. That sounds always and almost unusual. Yeah, you, you would think for three boys, but yeah. we were occupied by cartoons and stuff like that. We were really easy to keep into control as long as we had a, you know, a couple of things to keep us, you know, you know not, busy. Yeah, busy, exactly. Yeah. That's my, good. <laughs> famously, like, 
it's funny. One of my favorite stories about my childhood is um, was a punishment because my mother, she uh, one time what she would do is when we would be a little too rowdy, she would sit us down and she had a, it was like a whole bowl of beans and she would mm. give us a, some, a pair of chopsticks and an empty bowl. And she's like, all right, you're going to pick these beans up and you're going to move from one to the other. Wow. And, and we would, I, which by the way, I can juggle with chopsticks, just what? so you know. Yeah, that's Dang. my thing. <laughs> that sounds really right. cool. What did she learn that from? Uh, I'm sure she read it somewhere, yeah. uh, like how to how to drive your kids crazier than they're driving you or whatever yeah. the book she read at that point was. She's so smart. But yeah, she's a very smart woman. Yeah. And she definitely, that was, but I love that because now I, now I she taught me something while mm. teaching me something. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like discipline. <laughs> that was like I mean? some Mr. Miyagi stuff. Uh, yeah, for real. exactly. No, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't try to play any mind games with her she's yeah. the master for sure your mom seems like a very intelligent <laughs> she uh, is woman. Yeah. she's definitely been a, a big inspiration in my life for sure so was it just your mom raising you guys or oh no not at all my my father uh and my mother have been together they were high school sweethearts they wow. were like the quintessential that's American, very rare yeah, story yeah. yeah they're very very it's, it's rare but like it's it's like what everybody strives for i that's feel like special. you know what I mean? yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they met in high school um they got. They've been together ever since. My father uh, was uh, an executive at Coca-Cola for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother's been doing. She's done multiple things. She's. Yeah. A, she was a teacher for a little while. She's. Uh, she's just very multifaceted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it makes sense now why the boys were were good. Good because it seems like you guys had a very good home. Yeah, growing we up. did yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, so you know you you you're you you're in. Uh, the, the the valley basically almost the border of texas and mm-hmm. uh, what brought you to austin or when did you move to austin um well i'd been back and forth because uh, one thing about growing up in south south texas is you can't wait to get out of yeah. south south texas <laughs> so um it's a lovely place to visit that's all yeah. i can say there you go, right? visit <laughs> but, yeah, what mom, time of the year <laughs> uh well it, that's the one thing about it is there the, the, the weather's always the same so oh. there's no weather change in south texas like that it's okay. always it's always you know you can always go and have a good time at the beach. They, they do have a nice beach down there, South Padre Island. It's a cool yeah, thing. Yeah, I've heard but, of uh, that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I w- always went back and forth. I was I lived back in San Antonio. I moved back to San Antonio for a little while. After that, I moved to Austin for a bit. Then I moved back down to the Valley. I'd say I moved to Austin the last time in 2013. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was there till about, no, actually it was more than that. It was, it was sooner than that. So that's how old I am. I'm forgetting already. Mm-hmm. No, it was 2008, and then um, I lived there until about 2017, 16. We went, we moved to Hawaii for a little mm-hmm. while. Okay, that's nice. My parents are retired in Hawaii. So. Oh, nice. What island? Uh, Oahu. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, we yeah. were on Oahu as well. We yeah. were uh, in Waikiki. Okay, yeah, that's where they're at. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, I was just. It, it's literally where um, where older people go to retire. It's like yeah. so. It's so chill though. It's like spring break for yeah. for, for older people. It's, it's, it's awesome. Everybody. Is that true, parents? Yeah. <laughs> and you go to all the you go to all the bars there. It's mm-hmm. it's mostly people in their fifties having a great time you know it's just yeah it's a lot of fun yeah because you know there's like maui and all that but my Mm -hmm. parents they like the action like they like to hang out they like to go do stuff so Mm -hmm. they chose waikiki they knew exactly what they were doing then because uh, the other islands there's it doesn't it it doesn't have the same feel it's it's much more laid back uh we visited Kauai and um even the north (coughs) side of the of oahu is got a different feel than than waikiki waikiki is very tourist friendly they're very nice yeah it's i could see why they like that area it's funny too because Hawaii is like very chill. Very, like, yeah. There's nobody in a hurry like, <laughs> in Hawaii. You know what I mean? It's called Aloha Time. <laughs> yeah, which exactly. is, Aloha Time. Uh, it's fun and annoying at the same time, <laughs> yeah. which if you could believe. <laughs> well, if you come from like California <laughs> or mm-hmm. Texas, right? It's probably it's probably an adjustment. Oh. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. And being from, te- it, it's funny because it reminded me a lot of Texas because okay. uh, there's very few states I feel like that have that kind of like 
like uh, state pride. Yeah, mm-hmm. Texas is definitely one of them. One hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 Hawaii was definitely the other. Yeah. Um, a lot of it being the fact that they were occupied, mm-hmm. so I can understand, you know, why there's a lot of yeah. uh, res- like resentment. Um, but there's a there's a large amount of the population that does not like being occupied. So okay. It's kind of a, but that translate a lot to their 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 pride in their state or their country, which is what they call it. But yeah, um, but country, yeah, it's it's funny. interesting, and and like that's the thing about traveling. I feel like when when Heidi and I ever tried to go and like, whenever we lived somewhere else, we really tried not to like shake like like shake the boat. We really tried to be right. as respectful as mm-hmm. of the people and the place that we were as which possible. Which is good because mm-hmm. then they're gonna they're gonna welcome you. The exactly. Community will exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so you mentioned Heidi, is that your significant other? Yes, yes, my okay. fiance Heidi. So how, how did you and your fiance meet? Oh, we met in uh, South Texas originally. Okay. Yeah. She's one of the people who um, I met when I moved well actually when I got back to the valley uh, one of the one of the times from from uh, from being in Austin. So you guys met in South Texas? Yeah we met in South Texas. Um in Harlingen, uh, she was a friend of a friend. Okay, uh, as that's matter- actually the best way to meet somebody. Oh, absolutely, it's organic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I was selling her boyfriend weed, uh, <laughs> and they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, which I had never heard of, <laughs> and I was totally interested in, mostly because they had convinced this hot chick to play with them, and mm. I was like, "How did they do yeah. this? <laughs> but, How did you do that?" <laughs> but yeah, but uh, it was uh, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty interesting time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, her boyfriend and I were good friends for a minute, and. Uh, uh, it's a small town. That's all I can yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> that it makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, in small towns, like yeah. everybody kind of knows everybody. That's and, how it is. You know, yeah. That's cool. So then you guys uh, met and hit it off right away. Or? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, well, we met, uh, there, there was, we were friends for a few years mm-hmm. before then. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there was a couple of different things that had happened. Uh, I, um, well, I mean, uh, so I originally had gotten arrested in um, Missouri uh, mm-hmm. a while back. This was during. This was in 2013. No, wait, uh, 2000. I don't remember the exact year, but okay. uh, basically, it was uh, it was a while ago, and um, I had a I got I, I got a felony possession for control for uh, marijuana because I right. I was at that time one of the things I did was I uh, was involved with some people who were moving stuff up mm-hmm. to north. But anyway. Right. So this you're is a, a mule. This is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, so I got in trouble yeah, for that. You're Eastwood. <laughs> exactly. So I got in trouble for that. Um, and uh, I went back home. And that's kind of like when I started hanging out with Heidi was okay. after that. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of just started rebuilding myself at that point. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it's t- it's hard to find a job, you know, yeah. when you, after you have a record, something like mm-hmm. that. So um, a lot of it, everything I've done has just been organic from the ground up. Like I've had to, you know, I've taught myself a lot of things. I've... Uh, taken a lot of certifications i've uh, taken a lot of courses just mm-hmm. um just to get myself to where i needed to be mm-hmm. yeah you know, to where i am now so well they say formal education will make you a living but self-education will make you a fortune absolutely you gotta be street smart yeah. too and, uh, i'm an entrepreneur myself um and so i'm all about entrepreneurship and, and nothing wrong with education by the way mm-hmm. but i'm more about the entrepreneur route self-education and just making things happen and that's really like what this podcast is about we want to bring people in that are actually pursuing their their passion their purpose things that they're they really love mm-hmm. you know because i want to inspire other people that if they can do it then you can do it too exactly so uh about texas a funny thing so my mom's from texas i still have family in in fort worth 
But I didn't. I don't know if you knew this, Joe. But y'all is actually a word in Texas. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Y'all. It's Y-A-L-L. they teach it in school. Yeah. It's really? A, it's a word. Okay. Why? Why are y'all saying that? that? Like y'all didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all come back now. Right. You hear? Right. Uh, so y'all is an actual. Y'all word. watch this, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all watch this out in Texas, right? Uh, but yeah, y'all is a word in Texas, right? They teach it. That is absolutely mm. correct. Yeah. yeah it's more than a word. It's a state of being. Like, state just, of being, <laughs> y'all. You should okay. just make a T-shirt for your company and just. <laughs> haven't put y'all <laughs> y'all try my products yet <laughs> Spe- yeah. speaking of texas we're actually part of our company is in texas okay mm. so like right now up here um we're doing a lot of the uh, the executive end of it but a lot of the research end of it is going on in texas okay uh, my cto is actually a uh, graduate of uh, texas a&m university okay mm. he's a civil engineer and he's what he's working on right now is um what we were telling you that proprietary hempcrete mix that we're we're, oh, we're gonna nice. put on the market hopefully hempcrete that's awesome that sounds that sounds pretty pretty cool i mean as you know now you're in the bay area mm-hmm. this is the land of innovation mm-hmm. and you know tech and all that kind of stuff so if you can apply innovation and technology to the cannabis industry i think you have something pretty special there that's the goal definitely yeah so so real quick going back so you and your fiance you guys moved to hawaii together Mm -hmm. what was it about hawaii you guys just wanted to check it out or at that point in our lives we were just like we just wanted to do something different Mm -hmm. you know we were ready for a change we'd been in austin for a few years uh, we really loved it. Uh, we did the f- music festival scene for years. Uh, we had just felt like there was more out there to see. Right. And being that we had the ability to be a little bit more um, you know, flexible with our schedules, we thought, why not? So um, I encouraged her to start applying for positions out, out there, and she, was, she got one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so Austin, too. I heard Austin is like the Bay Area of Texas. Is that true? Yeah, except they've got breakfast tacos and Mexican martinis, which are two <laughs> things I don't know why they can't figure out in the Bay Area. <laughs> so what is a breakfast taco? Uh, it's just like a breakfast burrito, except it's not wrapped all the way. And it uh, is, it, I don't know why, but it, for some reason, the the, 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 t- the tortillas maybe are, mm. are just different at, in oh. Texas. So it's like <clears throat> eggs, potatoes. Yeah, you got your eggs, potatoes, mm. chorizo, bacon. Okay. Uh, you could really do it up. However, um, my, one of my favorites is uh, eggs, potato, bacon, cheese, and uh, and beans. Like okay. refried beans, yeah, mm. um, and then just but uh, in South Texas and in, in Texas in general, they just know how to do breakfast tacos. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. They also have a its own style of cuisine. They call it Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. Oh right? yeah, Tex-Mex. Which I was just assume I assumed that was Mexican food. Like no. when I got out here, I was like, "What the <laughs> is going on?" Yeah. Somebody asked to wet my burrito, and I was like, "You trying to get punched in the face? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here?" <laughs> you're like, "I'm like, what you talking first about? First off, that? all yeah. y'all yeah. sell is burrito, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you're trying to wet it on top of that. No, I'm good. Thank yeah. you." <laughs> <laughs> you That's can hilarious. you can curse on the podcast. Okay. By yeah, yeah. I wasn't good. sure. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wet my burrito. What you talking about? What, is, <laughs> what kind of wedding? No, we can talk about. Here. That's funny. Okay, so so breakfast tacos mm-hmm. is basically just a taco, but with breakfast. Exactly, and mm-hmm. it's a little Tex-Mex flavor in it. it yeah, I feel like there. I don't know what it is, but it's either the tortillas or something. But there's something about it that it's just uh, it's it's hard to duplicate. For okay. some reason, mm. I don't know what it is. Mm. But um, the other thing that really I miss a lot about Austin is the Mexican martinis. If y'all ha- uh, like, are y'all What's margarita fans at all? Do y'all? Do y'all I like tequila? margaritas. Okay. They're cool. It's essentially a skinny margarita, but with mm. a little bit of olive juice, and then you shake it and throw it into a shake. It's like a, a martini olive glass. Juice. Oh yeah, I so like it gives olives a, little, a lot. So it gives it a little bit of that sweet and salty. The, you know, the yeah. soury olive. Exactly. Yeah. So is, is it the spicy? green olive or the black? The green. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Is it spicy at all or? 
You oh, can you make can? it spicy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I don't Maybe usually spice I'm thinking spice about um, empanada, not empanada. <laughs> what was that called? Enchilada? No. Enchilada. Enchilada. Oh, men- menchilada? Yeah. Wait, like Wait. the actual dish? The, uh, like no, the, the drink. Oh, that's a menchilada. 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 Oh, menchilada. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. You guys, correct <laughs> yeah. me. He's You're like, just panic like, Enchilada, menchilada. Menchilada. My bad, guys. My bad. I had it before many times. It's really good. It's basically when they put all the hot sauce and the lemon and salt and all that all over the... It's a Bloody Mary minus the vodka at a Tecate. Yeah. Mm. So we will definitely, because, uh, you know, part of the po- part of this channel, uh, we want to do travel vlogs and stuff. Definitely want to go to Austin. Definitely want to try Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah. If y'all and definitely go, let sure. me know. I'll give y'all some spots to hit up. Heck, sure. yeah. I want to try that. What is it? Mexican margarita? Mexican martini. Martini. Yeah. martini. Mexican martini. Mexican okay, martini. Got it, right. Leave it in the comments if you guys have ever had a Mexican martini <laughs> or if you know what he's talking about. If you've ever been to Trudy's, you know what if I'm talking about. If you know about, what menchilada is, <laughs> send us comments too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so you guys go from Austin to Hawaii and then you guys come to the Bay. Actually, we went back to Austin for a year, but that was uh, just, just to kind of reset. Okay. And then from there, we um, actually met up. Uh, I got a hold of a friend of mine who I hadn't got <clears throat> been in touch with for a minute. Her name's Christina. She's... Um, She's actually this. The she runs the Emerald ma- magazine. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Magazine here in, mm-hmm. in Southern so California. So Emerald is a magazine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Emerald yeah. for ca- the cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they're gotcha. in the cannabis industry, mm-hmm. and uh, she's uh, she convinced us to move out here. Actually, she convinced us to go to the Emerald Cup, kind of check it out. And mm-hmm. once we saw all that, we fell in love with the place. And she had mentioned she had a spot. She wanted us to come down and stay with her. So we moved into the Castro together, and uh, yeah. Then she got a really good opportunity to, to kind of launch her media group um, big time. So she's actually in New York currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she went that way and we decided to stay in the Bay because we loved it so much. That's ironic. Nice. She brought you guys here and then she takes off to New yeah, York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Christina. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let me ask you this. How do you like the weather in the Bay Area? I love the weather in the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is amazing weather. Like it's I don't mind that the summers are cold and the and the winters are warm. That's perfect. Actually, I like it backwards. It's better than in Texas where it's always 100, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's either 100 or it's snowing. You're like, why? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I forget and I take things for granted when I travel different places. Mm-hmm. I ask other people, oh, why do you guys move out here? The first thing they say is the, the weather mm-hmm. besides the opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've lived in Florida. I've been to Texas, Colorado. Um, I've been to Georgia. Um, and I mean... I just can't beat the weather in California. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about the Bay Area, maybe Southern California. Actually, Southern California is always like nice and sunny. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bay Area, you get all the seasons. Mm-hmm. It doesn't snow here, but I mean, you can drive four hours to Tahoe and you're in, in beautiful snow. Nice and sunny can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I prefer the change. I, okay. I like that. Yeah. I, I like it here. Yeah, so yeah. you're a, you're Keep a person who likes the seasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. After seeing none for many years, yes. <laughs> definitely. It's funny though. We always want what we don't have. You know yeah. I mean? That's so true. Yeah. yeah so uh you guys are in san francisco yes yes okay so i mean actually actually probably one of the best cities to move to if you're coming to the bay area i mean it's it's kind of where it's at but there's been a lot of changes mm. because of this whole pandemic oh yeah. yeah it was yeah. nuts absolutely um we were really lucky in the fact that we got to see san francisco for a full year before right. the the um the the where we're at now and then <laughs> but uh and then we had this whole year of of, of with the pandemic so mm. Um, it's been an interesting, you know, thing to see in both directions. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the good news is that, uh, rent's going down, which yeah. is helpful you know, for a lot of yeah. people. Cause I, I don't know anybody except the people who own the property probably that feel that that's not yeah. a good thing. Right. But, uh, you know, I think that it's going to breathe new life into the city too, because I think that there was a very stagnant, um, 
feel of the same kind of people mm. for a little while because mm-hmm. those are the kinds of people that could afford That's to a live good in San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and honestly, the thing that I noticed the most that was lacking from the city when I got here was um, there's very few artists, you know, mm. and maybe it's just because I came from Austin where it was just teeming with artists everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Like I, I very I felt like there was very few, um, you know, people who can afford to just be expressive, you know, artists mm. and, and be able to afford 100%. to live in that city. Dama, San Francisco in general. Yeah, in San Francisco gotcha. in general. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, when I first the, the first day I got to the city, I asked my Uber driver, I was like, so where's the best hip hop in the city? He's like, mm. oh, about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> and, funny. And I yeah. tell that joke all the time because it's such a good one because yeah. that guy is amazing. But um, yeah, they're right. And then and most people now who are more serious about the comment when I ask or the question when I ask is uh, they tell me Oakland. They go to Oakland. Yeah, like, that's where I was going to say that's East Bay. Yeah, There's a lot of artists out there. And I mean, I should have known that because when I came here to visit, the the we went to a few shows mm-hmm. and they were in the East Bay. They mm-hmm. were all good. So I should have known that. Yeah. If we have to cross a bridge to go to a show, then we'll probably have to cross a bridge. Yeah. To do anything <laughs> How good long have you been in the city? Uh, we've been here for two about two and a half years now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so but yeah, we love it. It's funny because it is true. Uh, most of the creative people we've had on the podcast are from Oakland, right? <laughs> or they moved you know? to Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're they're actually living in Oakland. Yeah, right? yeah no, it some makes of them sense. from Oakland and some of them moved to Oakland. Yeah. yeah. It's like the hub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I grew up in the Bay Area, but I grew up here in the South Bay. So we're in Campbell, San Jose, right? Mm-hmm. But the Oakland that I remember in the 90s is not the Oakland that it is today. It's completely different. So Oakland in the 90s was like too short, like not safe. You know what I mean? <laughs> and by the way, a lot of people don't realize, but Oakland was a lot of Hispanic people. In Oakland. Mm-hmm. It's, it was almost like 50-50 Hispanic African-American, you know? Um, but Oakland now is like artists and creatives and super gentrified and, you know, hipsters and stuff. Oh, yeah. around, it's you a know? lot of healers. Too. Yeah. Spiritual workers. Yeah. yeah. Workers. But, but you mentioned something which is super important. San Francisco is now becoming affordable. Mm-hmm. I just had a good friend of mine. She moved from San Jose to San Francisco because she's basically paying the same rent she was paying here, but now she can live in the city and she lives right by the water. Mm-hmm. Like you can see the water. No, you know it, it's it, it's a great thing. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. it's going to be a, a, a resurgence. I'm hoping of, of talent and just like just just the city needs. That's mm-hmm. a good point, you know, because it, it was probably becoming super tech. Mm-hmm. super like that industry yeah. like money tech and Absolutely. everyone else. i mean that's happened well, in my city san jose but yeah well i, I mean I, I think san jose is probably the most uh, the one of the more expensive cities when it comes to uh like uh rent isn't it yeah san jose is actually i think more expensive than san francisco oh, now wow. no yeah. way <laughs> yeah the, i believe it because they, they pay you so much yeah. out here the tech industry it makes sense you know ebay is like a couple blocks down the street it's funny that you mentioned ebay yeah. i was just gonna say i actually worked for ebay for a few years really? in austin <laughs> and it, I, as i was driving down the road i'm like hamilton road this this sounds familiar and i look over <laughs> and i see ebay's building and i'm like oh there's that there's the, the yeah like the, <laughs> That's the their main office, yeah. so I just thought that was interesting. Four Funny. years, four years for four years. Yeah, well, I worked for two and a half years for eBay in Austin. Okay. Yeah, I was part of their um, customer eBay. service department. And then yeah. you finally see the building. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, so eBay funny. owns the whole city block now. Really? Yes. Oh wow. So I grew up here, and eBay. I remember eBay was just a little tiny mm-hmm. company. Now they own the entire city block. Wow. They call it eBay Park, and then they own all the condominiums behind it. Wow. Yeah. So it's just same thing that was starting to happen in san francisco right mm-hmm. like um you know one of our guests that we had recently he grew up in san francisco and he's talking about tony yeah tony shout out to tony right tony. he's talking about this house belongs to this company this mm. block belongs to this company <laughs> yeah. like it's not even my neighborhood anymore mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean which is crazy um but i want to talk about austin because 
you were there and I hear a lot about Austin here because in the Bay Area, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the people in the Bay, they want to go to Austin because they say Austin's like the Bay Area of Texas. Mm -hmm. They say the weather's a little bit better. It's more green. (laughs) Is that true? Um, Austin's a great place. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, a... I, it's funny because there's a lot of young people there who um, are, are entrepreneurs, the self-starters. It's funny because we used to joke about it. We used to say that Austin is where young people go to retire because everywhere <laughs> you go, there's like a bunch of people sitting in the Starbucks on their laptops and stuff like that. Oh, but I gotcha. It's a really good place, uh, especially if you're um, if you're starting out as an artist or just in, as an entrepreneur in general. Mm. It is. I think that the weather is bad. Okay. What I mean by that is it's hot. The majority of the time, mm-hmm. um, you they do have very good a- air conditioning units in Texas, which is something <laughs> they don't have in San Francisco. I've yeah, noticed. but uh, you need it all the time because mm-hmm. it's it's always that hot. Um, the also uh, I'm personally a little bit more liberal than mo- the majority of the people in Texas. Mm-hmm. So being in Austin, I kind of felt confined because you have to stay in Austin to feel that same kind of camaraderie, to feel that same kind of like. People that the, that the people that you're around aren't completely different from the way that you view mm. the majority of you know things. So. so Austin is still very super super conservative. And Austin, the city itself is not, but again, being confined to the city limits because once uh, you're outside of the city, yeah, it's a okay. completely different story. So you had to stay in the city yeah. to to feel like Ex- you're part of that community. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because outside is still completely it, yes, Texas. Yeah, basically. It, it's yeah. Te- the rest of it yeah. is Texas. So mm-hmm. Austin yeah. is a is a blue dot in a sea of red, as they say. <laughs> but um, I mean, and it's funny because a lot of the major cities in Texas are that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe except for Dallas, uh, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, uh, El Paso, Corpus Christi, all of those cities, they're always like usually stronghold yeah. Democrats, very progressive cities. I like how you said that blue dot in the sea of red. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but I mean, obviously the, the, the last election that we just had uh, showed a lot uh you know, Arizona went blue. Texas almost went blue, which is like unheard of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because of the, all the Californians. They're saying all the Californians are leaving and now they're affecting all the other states because they're obviously California is democratic. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought it was funny that com- the, 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 the comparison made with California, because if you think about it, California and Texas have almost the exact same demographics. Yeah. The only difference is that the Hispanics I feel in Texas aren't organized to vote because of a fear of of not necessarily the police, but just like there's been an there's been an there's always been a sense of like um, just I don't even know the way to say it. It's a uh, it it's just there's always been a fear yeah. among mm-hmm. the community. Most, the blue most dot within the sea of red. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The best yeah. way to explain it, you know, like mm-hmm. you're a blue dot, but you're in the ocean of red. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it That's is. That's a good point because you are Hispanic, grew up in San Antonio, you know what I mean? Um, but if the Hispanic, I mean, like they always, they call our community the sleeping giant, mm-hmm. right? Like if we just organize, if we just were, I mean, because we're so divided even amongst Absolutely. ourselves, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Like a Mexican from Mexico, mm-hmm. from Mexican from here, a Mexican from California, a Mexican oh, from Texas. Absolutely. Like it's just crazy, right? But like you said, if we just united, even just with our power to vote, like mm-hmm. very influential, mm-hmm. like they say the big reason why Arizona went blue was because the, the, the Hispanic community in Arizona rallied to, you know, to, to make the changes. Mm-hmm. Right. And also because Trump bashed one of the most popular <laughs> Arizonians Senators ever, John time, McCain. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that was not very smart. But 
But yeah, that, that's very interesting you say that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I mean you are Hispanic, you love your culture, but then you realize you're just in a sea of, of red, mm-hmm. which is which is crazy. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the the outward migration of Californians is. Gonna, I think it's going to start to change a lot of the states. I I think that honestly, it's going to be more of uh ch- of the change of heart of the people in the state already. That's I mean, a there's thing. a lot of there's a lot of influx. You're absolutely correct, mm-hmm. but it would take like generations and generations of influx mm. to be able to create that kind of change. I gotcha. think that, I think that people, I think that honestly Trump did more disservice for the Republican party in Texas than probably any other state in the union, which is pretty crazy to and, say. And yeah. I say that because of like, he didn't just show a lot of the people who would have traditionally voted for him that they were wrong in doing so. He showed a lot of the people who didn't vote for him that they needed to do something exactly. and organize. So yeah, well, people like, end, people like Beto, yeah, he did. Yeah. People like Beto O'Rourke have made a big difference, I think, in Texas. You know, I mean, okay. he's not—he didn't even get elected, and he's still out there trying to make sure that people in the community are, are taken care of. So, who's Beto O'Rourke? Uh, he was—he uh, actually ran for president this last time. Oh, okay. Mm. But he was—he uh, ran for senator against Ted Cruz and lost literally by just a couple of like a hundred thousand votes, wow. which is—it was insane. So, mm. um, but uh, yeah, if you get a chance, look him up. I think it's okay. something somebody V-E-T-O? that you'll B-E-T-O? like Beto, like uh, B-E-T-O. 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 It's Alberto, Alberto, yeah. but they call him short. Beto. Bethel, right? Yeah. I have a cousin named Bethel. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ted Cruz ain't doing himself any favors. No, um, definitely not. I mean, these Republicans are just <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot. You know what I mean? And the sad thing is the Texans keep forgiving them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Cal- Americans in general just have short, short-term short memories. Like, spans, we're going to have four years of, you know, Democrats. And if, if the country gets bored or they get, you know, irritated with one thing, they're going to switch or whatever. Yep. But anyways, this is not political either. It's about you, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted to ask you about, about Austin because I've heard so much about it. I have a lot of friends who have moved to austin and i just was curious right mm-hmm. so now you're in san francisco mm-hmm. and but and now it's getting more affordable tell us a little bit about the san francisco before the pandemic and then san francisco after the pandemic well the perfect way i could describe san francisco before the pandemic as opposed to after the pandemic would be just uh my living situation okay, okay so mm-hmm. for example before the pandemic we lived in the castro we had about an 800 or 900 square foot house and it, we paid about five thousand dollars yeah and that was a good deal right yeah Yeah. and we had to beat people off of the stake to get that happen so now currently i live just a mile and a half from the castro uh off of ocean Mm -hmm. um we live in a penthouse (laughs) wow we pay forty five hundred dollars a month that's awesome and we have 1500 square feet inside and a thousand square foot patio outside so yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah Yeah. so we 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 got really lucky and uh like the pandemic helped us out a bunch luckily we were in a situation because i was still working because i was considered essential where we didn't have a lot of the hardships that a lot of the people who who, you know were were living every day in san francisco had to endure so we got really lucky in that aspect that's awesome you're you're blessed for some reason you know yeah they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity that's right (laughs) so you were prepared and there goes opportunity Mm -hmm. right so um, you were saying it's going to be a good thing, probably. Uh, I mean, every time something bad happens, there's always something good that you can get out of it if you look for it. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, silver lining. I agree. Yeah, silver lining. So like I said, a lot of people are now able to afford to live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They can afford something that's, you know, <laughs> not like you said, 900 mm-hmm. square feet, for, which is crazy. Five five thousand dollars a month for less than a thousand square feet. yeah mm-hmm. that's we that's had like five rooms but they were all like this big so. yeah the closets <laughs> right <laughs> i think did you, did you ever I i've been to the cash yeah house. you went to the cash mm-hmm. house it was tiny we were just like everybody was moving left to right around everybody it was five rooms yeah we had like 12 sp- people in there oh like for a party once yeah which was like yeah before pre-pandemic yeah but i think people are kind of used to that in san mm-hmm. francisco anyway yeah right? 
Okay, so now you guys are in San Francisco, and so how did your company come about? That's actually a good question. So um, one of the, th- I originally started the company with a friend of mine who is a software engineer uh, from Facebook. Um, okay. He, he, we originally tried to focus on just kind of uh, the smart pot, and uh, and he was going to work on the kind of the software end of it. Um, what he and what we ended up doing was he ended up focusing more on like an AI AI end of okay. it. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're still doing some collaborative work, but he actually moved to Mexico City uh, mm-hmm. because uh, there's a, apparently like a, a wealth of of of, of uh, people down there who are, are good at or who are basically software engineers that are moving down there because it's convenient, it's less expensive. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. They have just as good internet, apparently. So, yeah. so uh, he started his uh, another company down there, and he's been doing that. Um, since then, I've been kind of refocusing the company on what I can do to get um, our first product to to market. Okay. And uh, what we decided on was something that you know would be helpful as far as uh, bringing uh, like getting the product to market, but is also like help helpful to the environment. And this was the hempcrete. Okay. The reason why we stuck. Uh, with the product hempcrete or where we like the product hempcrete hemp a, a hempcrete product is because um it, it's actually great for uh for pulling carbon out of the air okay so any structure any item anything you build with hempcrete is mm-hmm. like a little piece of lungs essentially so it works like there. a tree basically exactly yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. okay. which is great and um on top of that there's 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 lots of different benefits to hempcrete as opposed to concrete the the lightness of it the mm-hmm. fire re- resistance that kind of stuff but um that's that's just kind of like the direction we went because we felt that it would be like a useful kind of thing to to have that's amazing so yeah because like i I always say like one of my dreams or one of my goals or whatever i hope i can influence so cemeteries are kind of like useless right Mm -hmm. like you bury somebody in a in a a cemetery and it's a box or whatever the body i mean i because i believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience once we pass away our spirit's gone but mm-hmm. it's like the suit you know it's like it's like you're burying your suit mm-hmm. you know what i mean doesn't like, seem to yeah, make sense it's <laughs> like whatever right but what if we used our suit to feed a tree mm-hmm. what if every time somebody passed away instead of putting a, 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 a tombstone you planted a tree i've heard that that's actually a really good idea you know what i mean and mm-hmm. then obviously you know this earth is made to kind of self-sustain. So our bodies mm-hmm. are basically literally made to feed the earth. Like mm-hmm. it just, it's a, it's a cycle, right? No, I agree. Yeah. So your, your, your idea with, with the hempcrete is kind of like you're creating something that kind of works exactly like a tree, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Right. Cause this Lord knows this earth, you know, climate change and all that kind of stuff. We need many tools that will help. Right you know, the climate, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think that's amazing. I yeah. feel like anything that any product I make that can either limit the amount of energy used mm. or can somehow pull carbon out of the air are definite benefits to, yeah. to, to everybody. So, so you're like well, the Tesla of him. <laughs> I was about to say, that's why you got Tesla, huh? All right. Hey, so you're on the same right? yeah. um, what, uh, what was your main inspiration to starting this business? Um, well, honestly, we well, when did it come to you? Uh, as well. what it was just a friend of mine. We were sitting around smoking a joint, and we were like, you know, we can, we can, we can make products that that will help people grow this quality. There's no reason nice. why. It was mostly us, you know, bitching about how much it cost, right. and we're like, why, why are we paying so much for this stuff? <laughs> uh, but we wanted that quality, and that's what mm-hmm. it came down to. It's like, yeah, we can get other stuff for less money, but but it's not going to be the same quality that we were used to, same quality that we were, you know, that we were happy with. So yeah. Nice. Um, so our whole thinking was if we can make products that people can grow with that will make them that will uh, help them grow the same quality that they're able to pull from the from the dispensaries, then mm. 
why not? You know, yeah. I mean, we, we truly believe that this industry is, is headed for a DIY renaissance. Like, like anything else in this world, uh, if you charge too much for something, people are going to do it themselves. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so. You know, I like what you said when you say, why not? Right. Because yeah. that's what Elon Musk said when he went to, when he flew, he flew to, um, is it the moon? It was Mars. his car. Oh yeah, yeah. The, Something. No, the, yeah, when they when they shot the uh, the Tesla, the Roadster into the into the Roadster. Space. Yeah. yeah, that <laughs> one. We basically say it's why like, not? Like Jesus, Elon, really a car in the space. I, I mean, it was that. awesome. That yeah. Was good yeah, that was that was cool. That guy's definitely that. Uh, uh, definitely uh, a genius. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's definitely a visionary. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. But it's funny because uh, not funny, but it's kind of cool because you have a lot of experience in the cannabis world, mm-hmm. right? Like you've. How long have you been involved with cannabis? All in all, probably about seven, eight years. I I was originally I got involved doing uh, photography for 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 the industry, mm-hmm. uh, and then I did work. Uh, I worked at a few different clubs. Elevated SF. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that one. It's, it's on not familiar. Bayshore. Yeah, it's on. It's Bayshore. a nightclub, right? It's my hood club. I nice. love that club. That place is dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they they taught me the ropes of the clubs here, okay. so that that's what's up. And then uh, I worked for Eight Three One Deliveries in Oakland. Mm. I got I got done with that real quick though. They were wanting me to drop off stuff in East Oakland. And I was like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, you're like, no, no gun. Uh-uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. going down there. Yeah. Like, no, they, they'll, the they, will, they will rob you for yeah. an eighth. I'm going to tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the Oakland I remember. Yeah, that's right? I yeah. Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.